This is ESPN Radio. Good morning to you and yours. He is Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Freddie Coleman, a little Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the morning, presented by Progressive Insurance on the mighty ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and also on ESPN2 and ESPNU. Before we get to the Jets and the concern about the offensive line, although the word yet was used regarding Aaron Rodgers and that concern, Number one, Ian Fitzsimmons. Good morning, brother. How you doing this morning? Let's do that. Oh, we're doing all right. Only one uh, wake-up call from uh, the uh, rescued uh-huh. uh, 10 to 14-day-old puppy. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. That's, yeah, they, that's number two because now we need an update. We need yeah, a name update. Yeah. We need a puppy update in the Fitzsimmons household. That's what we if need you right missed, now. Uh, yesterday's show, the, uh, the dominating theme all morning was my wife rescuing uh, this 10 to 14-day-old puppy from a ravine underneath a log. I mean, it can fit in the palm of your hand. Now we have a Nick unit kid where, you know, it's waking up in the middle of the night. It has to be fed with a bottle and puppy formula. We're about six hundo in the hole with vet bills and, mm. and puppy formula and a new mm. little kennel and all that good stuff. You poor thing. So, yeah, it was two feedings uh, two days ago. Uh, so when I woke up at three uh, central time, I live in Dallas, Texas. The bride was already in the kitchen, man. Uh, Child in hand, feeding them with a bottle. Good morning. How are you, hon? Have a great day at work. So that's how I'm doing, Frederick. How are you? Just when you thought that your your kid-making days were over. Now the little little four-legged critter shows up. (laughs) It's not leaving now. It's over. I mean, we got neighborhood kids coming over to play with Mm -hmm. the abandoned puppy and the feel-good story. So it's over. I mean, I want to name the damn dog Ducky. Uh, Uh, Excuse me, Gunny. Uh, We got outvoted. Right. So, yeah, it it looks like Ducky is the winner in the clubhouse as of about an hour ago at the morning feeding. There you go. The most important thing is how the other two dogs going to react to this new interloper. They've been great. They have been? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm stunned. I mean, they're rescues, too. Maybe like, you know, Somewhere yeah. deep down, they're like, yeah, we've been there, kid. I didn't think about that. Got you. And they look at you as a rescue strafe, what your wife was able to do over 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. So Stray's you guys gravi- have that yeah. all in common. Strays gravitate to my wife, uh, starting with me about 20 years ago. So now, there you have it. Yeah, so is Pat Costello still one of our public enemies with your wife now? She one of our producers? Enemy, yeah, she is blind, but he's enemy number two. Oh, so, um, are you enemy number one? I should not be, but okay. I am. Uh, wow. And then my brother, who posted the, the picture of my wife yeah. feeding the new ad- adopted, rescued child. Well, let's be <laughs> honest, man. I mean, the four-leggeds in this house rank much higher than I do. There goes the picture again, right there uh-huh. for people on ESPN Radio. It's my wife holding mm-hmm. child uh, with the bottle, um, you know, looking exhausted and beautiful at the same time with a dog over her other shoulder. Going, you doing this right, Mom? Um, <laughs> Pat put that on national TV. My brother screenshot it, put it on the text it to the family thread. Right. My bride would have had zero idea that Costello did that yesterday, that I sent the pictures, first of all, just for you, not, and, and, and Pat, and Nuno, and, and Yates, and uh, anybody McGillicuddy yesterday was with us. And now, then Costello takes that, puts it on TV, brother screenshot shots it. That's the action and reaction. Then her reaction was, mm-hmm. Nita Meyer dead, you divorced. Uh-huh. And Costello, let's just say she referred to him as something that I can't say on no, Disney you, on radio. Please don't. Please. Oh, whether Disney owned it or not, you shouldn't really say it. Right. Three letters and then clown is the second syllable. There you go. And, and Pat, you, Pat, you even said that it's not the worst thing you've been called. 
No, it's certainly not the first time I've been called that, and it's definitely not going to be the last. So. <laughs> so there you go, Freddie. So we got the update. That's it, man. The, the dog, Done. Is, dog is still there. Ian has not been. Dog divorced. ain't going anywhere. No, 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 yeah, the dog will be there longer than Ian will be there as far as that goes. We're just glad that there's some kind of harmony, and there's not going to be divorce proceedings by the end of the week based on a dog that was found by Ian Fitzsimmons' wife, and then all hell broke loose one way. No guarantees. That's true. It's still We still got the rest of the week to go. We still yeah. got two days We're left. in the first quarter here, Bob. Yes, let's let's yeah. see what happens yeah, when yeah. the game's on the line and we got to try and run the four-minute drill to close out a ball game. Uh, adjustments will have to be made whether you like it or not. And we'll see if the New York Jets can make those kind of adjustments because everybody has said that defense is going to be filthy. They got Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. They got weapons on the outside. They get Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall coming back. They got a two-headed monster at the running back position. But, oh, that offensive line, being concerned about that. According to Rich Samini, who was at Jets camp yesterday at a joint practice with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he said by his count, he said it on Twitter, at Rich Samini, Aaron Rodgers was sacked six times, six times excuse me, in ten dropbacks. His completions came on quick throws. The Bucks front four is really, really good. Or, well, Aaron Rodgers had this to say about being concerned, not concerned, panicking or not panicking. Oh, I thought we played a lot better up front today. Still missing Dwayne. Lakin didn't practice today. We had Joe at, uh, doing some center stuff yesterday. So it's a work in progress. I feel like it was Rich maybe asked a question about the continuity of the guys playing together. And I was thinking maybe we'd start to figure some stuff out. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet. There's jobs up for grabs. That's the beauty in camp, but also the struggle is in talking with you know a couple of the guys. We just need some continuity at some point, so guys can feel comfortable playing together. Maybe that's the end of next week. Maybe it's the, the week that we have in between the season uh, and the last preseason game, but jobs are up for grabs. This is what happens, Ian, when you have a dude that if he was not the New York Jets quarterback, nobody would care about the Jets offensive line production or lack of production. <laughs> but because he there, and everybody knows why he's there, and he wants to make sure that while he's a New York Jet, that this is going to work to a world championship situation – Everything is going to be magnified with that big question mark in front of Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line. Yeah, and that's that. That is the number one concern for the Jets. But two things here: one, he's right. You know, they don't they don't mm-hmm. have the starting five yet. Yep. And when you get that starting five, you want you want it to be like five fingers in a glove. When when somebody grunts a certain way, you know, as a guy playing next to him, whether you're the right tackle and Makai Becton, and you know, and, and your your guard next to you just just. Hey! You know exactly what the hell that meant. Right. right? That, that's right. the continuity you're looking for in a great offensive line. And they don't have that. So, But to Aaron's point, they haven't settled on a starting five yet also. And there's competition. But you go back, and we'll talk to Anthony Beck, who, what, what 10 years with the New York Jets, mm-hmm. is, is their color analyst on radio. And played uh, for Tampa Bay, too. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so he's seen a lot of these practices. And, you know, I, I, I will almost guarantee, one, he's going to say this Jets defense is Super Bowl caliber. And then he'll get to the offensive line. The problem is, and I, it, I, I can almost guarantee, and then we'll get into how do you fix it and why, as a guy who played with his hand in the dirt as an outstanding tight end for over a decade. So uh, it, that is the number one concern. That is probably the only concern is they now have depth at running back. They've got you know just blazers at wide receiver. The defense is not an issue. Obviously, quarterback is not, but you got to protect it and block it. And so that's the only concern right now. And Robert Sala, let it be known, in a very firm way, which I liked, mm-hmm. him calling out the big hog mileys in front of everybody, they got to get better, bottom line. And then your identity as a team 
truly starts up front, and he wants him to be a hell of a lot meaner and better. Ian Fitzsimmons, Freddie, coming together. Freddie Fitzsimmons in the morning on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, and ESPN2. You mentioned Robert Sala, the New York Jets head coach, and part of Hard Knocks on HBO. Check out how he addressed his team, and the offensive line was not spared any kind of vitriol from their head coach. It was our first opportunity to change the stink that's been in this organization for a very long time on the offensive side of the ball. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two $10 million plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it matters until the big boys up front change who the we are. We as coaches, we as an organization can't want it more than you. Mm. And I'm watching that tape all night last night trying to find something Uh to show that we're changing and it didn't show. Wow. Get him. Coach Salah. Not having it. I don't mind it because here's something else. Aaron Rodgers is right. It's August 16th. It's not September 1st. It's not September 5th. It's not September 7th. It's August 16th. But Robert Salas, the Jets head coach, Ian, is also right. Hey, it gets late early, and the last thing we need, it, it's not about who's not out there, but when you're out there, DYJ, do your job. You know exactly what that's all about. You know exactly what's of importance here with this organization that has not won a world championship since milk was being delivered in glass bottles to houses and gas was free in the United States. Robert Salas like, look, if you guys have a sense of urgency, then what are we doing? Then you're just wasting everybody's time. So you're right. Aaron Rodgers is right by saying, hey, we don't have our guys out there. I'm not going to be concerned yet. But Robert Salas like, look, I ain't got time to wait because if this doesn't work, they're not going to fire the quarterback. They're not going to fire you in the offensive line. They're going to fire me if you guys aren't part of DYJ doing your damn job to make sure that we're not having these same conversations as we get closer and closer to opening day, which is 21 days away in the National Football League. And, Freddie, I I like the way Aaron Rodgers handled it because he knew that he was going to be asked that question, especially Mm -hmm. after Sala went off on hard knocks on Tuesday night. So what do the reporters do? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they do their job. And they ask the question about the offensive line. And Aaron Rodgers has never been one to hold back. You know, if he wants to call out a teammate, he'll call out a teammate or a position group or anything else. And he just he put it very matter-of-factly, we're, we're still figuring out who our five guys are. Absolutely. It's still competition. Yeah. So once we have our five, and his tone to me, the way I took it was, once we figure that part out and we get about a week to ten days of this, those five playing together, and then we still continue to have problems, then – We'll start addressing it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. meaning, hey, dude, you got to be better, or this guy's got to get out. We got to put somebody in his spot. But right now, I, look, I, I think that uh, him not showing a lot of concern, right, is a positive for the Jets because we've seen him in the past just go ahead and unload on teammates. Yeah, and you know he would be within his rights to do so because unequivocally he's the leader of this football team, even though oh, he just got team. there. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. You do not bring Aaron Rodgers to be a lieutenant. You bring him in to be a general. You bring him in to be a captain. And that's what he is with the New York Jets. But here's something else. He may be able to override the offensive line concerns because the ball's not going to be in his hands that long. If it's not there early, it's going to be out for an incompletion. Then frustration can happen, everything like that. But I don't believe, Ian, you can say if I'm right or wrong with this one, no matter what kind of offensive line concerns they have, he gets rid of that ball extremely, extremely quickly. And don't think for one second that the New York Jets and Nathaniel Hackett as their offense coordinator are not going to put in place to make sure he's not holding that ball anywhere from two and a half to three seconds. It's going to be a quick rhythm timing offense to get the ball out of his hands. 
the offensive line concerns are going to be there, and you can be overblowing it right now on August 16th. But don't think the Jets don't have a plan B in place to make sure that if it is a concern, the quarterback's not going to have the ball in his hands that long. Yeah, but he had, he, like, they had that concern last year in Green Bay, and he got the heck beat out of them. So that, but he also didn't put the time in in the offseason like with he his did new this wide year. receivers. Like yes. He, yes, but yeah. still, I don't care how much time you put in, you know, in the offseason with your wideouts, with your running backs, and doing seven-on-seven drills. If you can't block it, I don't care how quickly you're trying to get that ball out of your hands. It, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna impact your football yeah, team. We'll see but exactly again, not time to panic yet. Yeah, not not on August sixteenth. No, September eighth, sure. Got August sixteenth. Yeah, I, summer vacation is not over yet. I think they're gonna be fine in New York when that's all said and done. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. Hit him on Twitter at Ian Fitz ESPN. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN. A little Freddie and Fitzsimmons for you in the morning. And you're gonna hear why these three words stand on it will have everything to do with the Buffalo Bills being the Buffalo Bills of 2021, not a 2022. That's next on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. You can be honest. You have New York Jets fatigue, don't you? And I'm saying this as a New York Jets fan. I may <laughs> yes. be in the same boat as yes. you are. <laughs> He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us a little Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPN. You and ESPN too. Are, do you have Jets fatigue? Let us know at 888 say espn 888-729-3776. If you don't have Jets fatigue, let us know at 888-729-3776. And if anything, as you heard what Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers had to say part of Hard Knocks on HBO, they are the story in the football glory. I can't believe right now they're getting more attention and more notoriety than the Dallas Cowboys, who always get attention, who always get notoriety, even though they have not won a world championship since 1996. But the Bills are the odds-on favorites to win the division. They're at plus 125. Jets at plus 250, Dolphins at plus 300, Pages at plus 800. If anything, this could be the best thing for a team in Buffalo where a lot of people aren't talking about them yep. the way I believe that they should and the way they did last year. Many people believe that team was going to take down Kansas City and get out of the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. They added running back depth by bringing in the former Patriot out of Alabama and Damian Harris, and, and no one's talking about the Buffalo Bills. That defense is still stout. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is still a boy dog warrior, mm-hmm. and they've got weapons, and they have an offensive line that are just road grade you. So come on no now, one, and no one's talking about them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Freddie, and they like it that way. There's zero value in betting the Bills to win the AFC East. Right. There's zero value in betting the Jets, and there's no value in betting Miami. And you're damn sure not going to put your hard earned money on the Patriots right now at plus eight hundred. <laughs> So maybe plus eighteen hundred, eighteen hundred, ten bucks to win one eighty. There you go. <laughs> right? Break but, it down that way. But not eight, not eight hundred. 
So I think these odds are are exactly where they should be. Some 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 people may think the Jets should be favored, but again, there's no value there. I mean, plus two fifty, you wager a hundred dollars, you get two hundred fifty back. With uh the, with the Dolphins and the Bills being loaded, I know Jalen Ramsey's uh, you know out till what late November. He says he'll be back earlier, but I mean that's going to take a, a a miracle. Uh, you know, just a a, a football you know. Lob from 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 the football gods to get him back before yeah you know late November I think maybe a couple weeks after that with that surgery he had to have but bottom line is man the Bills are are really good they're yeah. loaded and uh, they love the fact that they're being overlooked because of Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets if anything if you're the Buffalo Bills because even with the whole Demar Hamlin situation that happened and that would that could wreck the mentality of any kind of football team dealing with that the fact that they were able to not only get to the playoffs win a playoff game, I just thought they were mentally worn out by the time that Cincinnati ran over them on their home field. But I also thought even before all that happened, that they did not handle being the hunted well when they were used to being the hunter in the AFC. That is completely flipped because, let's be honest, to me right now, Buffalo's number one in the AFC East. I got the Dolphins a slight team over the New York Jets at number two and the Jets at number three. You can flip flop both of those teams, the Jets and the Dolphins, when it comes to number two. Yeah, you're two. in step with Vegas. I mean, see, almost, you well, know what I mean? Except well, just flip-flopping Miami and the well, Jets, well, but they've got go. them really close. So you see, Vegas will pay attention to me. They know it's good for them, <laughs> and apparently they don't by paying attention to me. But that's a whole other story. But if you're Buffalo, the team that's the hunted in this division right now are the New York Jets because of all the notoriety and Aaron Rodgers being there. So I understand why there's Jets fatigue because I know if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, I know if I'm a Buffalo Bills player, I'm thinking, wait a minute, hold on a second. I know they got Aaron Rodgers. We know how great he is. But that team hasn't beaten us. And when they beat us last year, it took one throw from Zach Wilson to do that, and then we put it on them later on in the year with a backup quarterback. If you're the Buffalo Bills, it could be the perfect thing. Jets fatigue can really help your football team because you're going to show everybody you're still the biggest, baddest boy in the AFC East jungle. If you're a Jets fan, you're loving the fact that we're talking about having you know, Jets fatigue and being oversaturated with, with gangrene right now. Why? Just because you're not, they're relevant. They're being talked about. I mean, you're a contender. You haven't had that legit type confidence right. in a very, very long time. You are a Jets fan, man. Uh, yeah, and, but I, I have too much PTSD right. from high Same expectations and then all. Believe me, I go back to 1999, the year after they got the AFC Championship game. They had a 10 nothing lead against the Denver Broncos. Vinny, before that quarterback, guy with, with right? Vinny, Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, I said, everybody's coming back the next year. Keyshawn Johnson was balling out. That defense, a top 10 defense. And opening day against New England, Vinny Testaverde ruptured his Achilles. Believe me, as a Jets fan, there's plenty of PTSD <laughs> from high expectations and world by the time it's all said and done with that team. But this year, I mean, again, com- coming into the season – it just feels different because of what happened on April 24th. And that's when I began to be bow, brow beaten right. and just punked and chicken kicked with Jets fatigue because on April 24th, right. the news popped. Yep. Aaron Rodgers yep. is a New York Jet. And then, and that, that is when all conversations shifted from any other team yeah. to New York. Yep. And we ain't talking about the Giants. We're talking no. about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. They are the Alabama Crimson Tide with Nick Saban. They're Notre Dame football. Uh, They're the Dallas Cowboys right now. They're the New York Yankees because everyone all year, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, 
We're going to be talking about the Jets at some point in, in every football conversation on every platform. You can hear what a former Jets coach had to say about the New York Jets being the new Dallas Cowboys. You'll hear that in a couple of minutes here. Freddie Coleman, that's me, Ian Fitzsimmons, that's him. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Leon in Washington, D.C. wants to weigh in on Jets fatigue at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Leon, where are you on being fatigued or not fatigued by all the Jets conversation in the preseason? Hey, what's going on, Ian? What's um, going on, Hot Sauce? Um, I was nothing would make me more happy than the Jets going to the season absolutely healthy and start one four twelve. That's it. <laughs> start one and twelve. I want a healthy Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I want a healthy Brees Hall. Uh-huh. I want I want I want Dalvin Cook rush for hundred yards a game, and they start the season one and twelve. That would make me happy. <laughs> Who are you wow. a fan of? Who's your team? Yeah, exactly. Who's your team, Leon? I'm a Cowboys fan. There we go. Okay. There you go. All right. See, you're a little angry that the attention has shifted from the star on your helmet to JETS. I got it. Okay. If if you're a Cowboys fan, believe me, somebody else getting talked about is the best thing for the Cowboys. Seriously. Because they don't handle that well. They really don't. Anytime the Cowboys bring attention to themselves, they have never, ever handled that well. We've seen how that's been able to work. But according to Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, former Jets head coach, by the way, when he was on ESPN Radio yesterday, he said, oh, yeah, you can put the New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys in the same conversation. You call out players all the time at position groups. That's just part of the deal. Um, it's not unusual, but now that it becomes national news, he's got to deal with that for the next couple of days. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the Jets are becoming the Cowboys. Every other day we're talking about the Jets. This used to be a Cowboys conversation. Every day we talked about the Cowboys. The Jets have taken that over now. He's not lying. <laughs> He's not. That's why Leon wants him one in twelve. <laughs> he, he doesn't want like one in four, like one in five. No, he wants uh, one, the first one, thirteen only specific. one win. Right, one in twelve. Wow. Maybe, maybe the unlucky number thirteen is why he went with that. I have no idea. I have but no look, idea. There was there was a a skirmish at Cowboy Camp yesterday, mm-hmm. and we've gone half an hour and not talked about it. Good. Why? Good. The Jets. There Good. you go. I'm okay with it. Put it that way. I'm completely okay with it. And, and that's scheduled at 7 o'clock, so like, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Right. There you so go. That's why. Yeah, look at, Stop uh, for the next hour. Nuno from the Pretty Love Hate Machine. <laughs> Chiming in when it comes to that. One more quick one from Shay, hanging out with us in Ohio. Hey, Shay, where are you standing on the Jets and fatigue, non-fatigue, like it or not like it? Shay, where are you at? Hey, man, I'm originally from New York. Been living in Ohio for about 18 years now, and uh, typically it's hard for me to even get any Jets content outside of YouTube, and <laughs> Luckily, a couple of the guys on the ESPN lineup either played for the Jets or were Jets fans, so I've been blessed with that. But no fatigue on this side. I'm just anxious to get the season started and just to prove everybody wrong. We beat Buffalo with Zach Wilson. I mean, it is what it is, and we split with them. So I don't see why we can't sweep the division. I'm not going to say sweep it, but uh-huh. going to in a division, I believe. Okay, well, we'll find out a lot about the Jets early on, offensive line problems, Ian, or not, because they have Buffalo, Dallas, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles, Giants, Chargers. That's the first part of their schedule. We're going to find out a lot about the New York Jets, whatever concerns they have or don't have, how they feel about that with that schedule early on. Yeah, I mean, right right out the gate. Let's go get it. (laughs) Because you're going to be tested right out of the chute. Yeah, no doubt about that. Keep those calls coming in at 888-ESPN. 888-729-3776. 888-729-3776. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Freddie Coleman. A little Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the morning. And college football is just nine days away. Other than Georgia, who are we also excited about that you should get excited about too? 
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Yeah, all that California love going to the Big Ten. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Ian Fitzsimmons together on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Series so like some Channel 80 and also ESPN2 and ESPNU. The AP Top 40. Georgia, number one, they got 60 out of a possible 63 votes. Michigan, number two. Ohio State, number three. Michigan got two first-place votes. Ohio State got one first-place vote. Alabama, number four, and LSU, number five. We are nine days away from the college football season. Ian, I'm going to take Georgia out of the mix. Give me a you team. Of, yes, because <laughs> they're not going to play a rough game till November. We'll put it that way when they play Tennessee. That schedule is definitely conducive for them going the first 10 games, being undefeated as the number one team in the country. I'm taking them out of the mix. Give me a team of teams that you're excited about where you're saying to yourself, yep, I can't wait to see exactly what's going to happen with that team. Week one, we'll have them right here on, on ESPN Radio with Kelly Stoffer and Kesty and my sorry butt on the call, and it'll be on ABC with Herbie and Fowler and the gang. It's LSU and Florida State, for that matter, to a degree. But LSU is loaded, Freddie. Mm-hmm. And look at, look at what we saw in year one under Brian Kelly, who's a Hall of Fame coach. He's won everywhere he's been. When we had him against Florida State week one last year in the Superdome, right. they were horrendous. They couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time without tripping over their own feet. Fast forward into November, they beat Big Bad Bama in overtime, and they were a different team. Harold Perkins is just a wrecking machine. You can line him up on the edge, line him up inside. He was just see ball, get ball in week one. By the end of the season, he's making checks to the line of scrimmage as a true freshman. Right. I mean, then you mm-hmm. get Mason Smith, who was hurt what, in the first quarter, I think the third series of the game, an All-American defensive tackle for LSU, who, I mean, is just a beautiful human being. This dude is like 6'7", 280. A, 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 a BHB, huh? A beautiful I mean, human he, being, huh? When they built a defensive tackle, just pick, picture Mason Smith. Okay. I mean, just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> He gets hurt third series of the year last year, out for the season. That's like getting one of the biggest transfer portal pickups in all of college football, having Mason Smith come back. So, and then Jaden Daniels on the offensive side of the ball, they have a ton of weapons. And in an offensive line this year, mm-hmm. that you don't have freshmen playing tackle anymore. Will Campbell is now a seasoned player at left tackle. They are an outstanding football team, and I can't wait to see what kind of run they make starting week one. 
not just in the SEC West, right. but I'm talking toward a college football playoff berth. I'll give you a team that I'm really excited about that will be a future SEC team, and that team is Clemson. I want to see exactly because their defense could be among the best in the country. They 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 got Noah's Ark. They got two of everything on defense: two defensive ends, two defensive tackles. They got two of everything on that defensive line. And K. Klubnik being their quarterback, this is his football team. They believe he could not be Trevor Lawrence, but maybe have a better offense production in the quarterback position. And you know, Dabble Sweeney is telling his guys behind the scenes that nobody's talking about poor old Clemson. Yep. We're part of the rest of y'all's now because no one's talking about us. They're talking about Georgia. They're talking about Alabama. They're talking about Florida State. They're talking about everybody else. Believe me, it is the perfect, perfect fuel for a guy like Dabble Sweeney, a former walk-on at Alabama, a guy who's always been always undercounted before he got Clemson going, and now he's a power dude in college football. He firmly believes he has a championship defense. If the offense can step up, they can call that Florida State uprising. That's a team I can't wait to see exactly how that's going to happen. A team in Clemson, that's a preseason top 10. But I'll give you another team that's even outside of the top 50. I want to see what this is going to look like for Deion Sanders, his first year at Colorado. Great call. He has got everybody excited about Colorado football for the first time. Probably since Cordell Stewart played quarterback for that team back in the 1990s, and that team was rolling under for, after Gary Barnett and also Bill McCartney. I want to see exactly when he got rid of everybody, not named Sanders, <laughs> including his sons. He brought in different players. He's got them excited. They're going to go to the Big 12. They played TCU at Tino's in the national championship game before they got boat raced by Georgia. I want to see what year one is going to look like with Deion Sanders. Prime time, prime time, prime time. Trying to make that work after jumping from Jackson State in the SWAC and FCS to big boy college football with Colorado in their last year in the Pac-12 before they head to the Big 12. And, Freddie, I can tell you what it's going to look like. Ugly. Yes, it is. I mean, <laughs> if they win three games, he, he may be up for coach of the year. <laughs> because they are that bad and they are that thin, but it is Dion, uh-huh. so all the lights are going to be on them. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a good call by you, just because of Dion. But it's going to be tough to watch. It really is. Yes. But give him a couple years because you know he's going to be able to recruit. He's ABCs, man. Always be recruiting, mm-hmm. and he's going to get it done there at some point. And then if you're Colorado, you're just trying to keep him. Absolutely. So that, that's that's the catch twenty two here, but. It will be fascinating to, to start the season. I'm going to give you – because every year, Freddie, we see a preseason mm-hmm. top 10 team right. that ends up unranked and a lot of times with a losing record. Last year, prime example, Texas A&M. Preseason number six yeah. in the AP poll mm-hmm. and then just That's fell flat on their face. I don't know who that team is this year. If I had to pick one, I'd okay. go with Penn State. Uh, you know, I know you've got a. A young, highly touted quarterback coming in to replace Sean Clifford, who was there for 77 years, you know, as a starting quarterback at Penn State. It seems, I mean, it seems like he was Todd Blackledge's teammate, right? But now wow. he's finally we went deep dive there. I mean, he's he's now I think with the Denver Broncos, right? I think. Who Todd Blackledge? No, Sean Sean Clifford. Okay, yeah, yeah Sean uh, he's, Clifford. he's somewhere. He's a backup somewhere. Uh, wherever right he now. is, he's probably older right. than a starting quarterback. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but Penn State, I know they have one of the best offensive lines also in college football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just they got to prove it. They got to prove it Absolutely. to me. And Texas is at, at 11, so you can't put them in there yet. But if they were in the top 10, that's another prove it to me team as well. Okay. A team right. outside the top 25 that right. I cannot wait to watch. Okay. It's our guy. All right. As you say, caffeine fears this man. Who was that? Joey McGuire and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You like them a lot. You really man, do. Look, I know Tyree Wilson is a Raider, 
But Miles Cole looks just like him. It's like they cloned him in, in, in a lab and just put, put him back in a Red Raider uniform. Okay. Remember that name as an edge rusher. Yeah. And if Tyler Shuck stays healthy, watch out Oregon week two. You're going to the tortilla heads. It gets rowdy in Lubbock. That is going to be a very difficult spot for Oregon. Texas Tech is a team outside the preseason top 25 okay. that could make a run. I'll give you another team that's in the top 25 thing that can make a run is North Carolina because they one. may have the second best player in the country and Drake may their quarterback. Many people believe he's going to be a better pro prospect than Caleb Williams at USC. I think I can see USC a top 10 team that could maybe struggle a little bit. I still worry about their defense at USC. You can only outscore. Yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, I think you can only outscore people so much, but you got the right kind of guy, Caleb Williams. And you know that Lincoln Rod's going to have some dudes in the offensive side. But I look at North Carolina, they can protect their quarterback by running the football. Mac Brown loves being in these situations where he, I got to do the quarterback like that. We can play a little bit. Our defense, we're not going to worry about it. But Drake May may be the second best player in college football. If they get to a great start early, and the schedule is in their kind of favor. Now, I mean, South Carolina won't be easy early on in Appalachian State, but they go 2-0 against those teams. Then they got Minnesota and Pittsburgh. I think they'll beat both of those teams. They could be 4-0 before they play Syracuse, Miami, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. If they get off to a good start, their quarterback, that's a team right now about 21-22, Ian, that could be a potential top 15, top 12 team if everything breaks right early for North Carolina under Mac Brown, an outstanding quarterback in Drake May. You know what's nuts, Freddie? We've gone this entire time mm-hmm. without mentioning Big Bad Bama. Well, we're about to now. That's how deep this year is is going to be as far as college football playoff contenders. Georgia has taken the spotlight away from them. LSU is this chic team that I like also. Right. But just because Bama is searching for a quarterback, yes, whether it's Jalen Milrow or Buckner or the transfer from Notre Dame. Yeah, it's going to be Buckner. In yeah. With a new OC and, and Tommy Reese also coming from Notre Dame. No one is really talking about big, bad Bama, and yeah. that is dangerous. Yeah. Well, Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, made sure that he put some dangerous talk with a old-school feel in these new school times regarding said quarterbacks that Ian just mentioned. Wait until you hear what he had to say next. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Freddie Coleman. Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the morning on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Dr. Eric J. Simeon hit us on Twitter, Coleman ESPN and Ian Fitz ESPN. By the way, he's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Freddie Coleman together this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN2 and ESPNU. Ian, he has some issues with you with your lack of love for Penn State. Eric J. Simeon, the good doctor, says, what's up with some love for Penn State? We have an unproven quarterback, 
but we are elite everywhere else. We are. And you even got another message from somebody who's a Penn State yeah, fan. Yeah, one of our big bosses. <laughs> Amanda Gifford is a diehard yes. Nittany line. My mom still donates to Penn State. Right. There so you go. it's not like I don't have love for Penn State. Man. Well, apparently you're upsetting everybody that's an alum of Penn State it. this morning. And maybe I'm maybe I'm scarred, Freddie, because and I know, I, know, I know it was last season and every team is different. But when that squad just got manhandled and run over at Michigan, we oh, had yeah. that game last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just stuck in my head right now because I get it. That was a physical beatdown by Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. I mean, it, it was Penn State couldn't do anything. All all Michigan did was line up and say stop the run, mm-hmm. and they couldn't, and they couldn't do, do it. it. And they ran for over four hundred yards that day. So. Maybe I'm a little skewed having yeah. watched that in person, mm-hmm. but Penn State's one of those teams like like Texas. I'm tired of hearing about Texas being back. Now look, they yeah. are they are as loaded as they have been in the Sark era, but I've never heard Sark and Kyle Flood and that coaching staff openly talk about, hey, we we this is this is our time. This this is we finally have the core guys that we've been trying to build around for the, for the last three years. Now we've got them. Okay, great. Now let's see it on the Proving. field, especially week two. Yeah, well, I'm surprised that you're still employed here after getting on the nerves of Amanda Gifford, a proud Penn I could State feel alum. Her glare. Yeah, like, would you say I, about I, my I, Nittany yeah, Lions? I, I feel it too, and it was not directed at me. It was directed at you. My mom to walk in the studio here just with a baseball bat and hit me over the forehead with it. Lord, can't we all just get along when it comes to stuff like that? When you criticize at Penn State, although I thought you were very accurate talking about exactly your concerns when it comes to Penn State. I love the Nittany Lion in grilled stickies at the finer diner. I mean, I'm good. Let's go. Let's get to the ice cream man let's do that let's get to that ice cream at Penn State keep winging on Twitter your thoughts about college football the team that excites you the most or a team you believe is overrated let us know at Coleman ESPN and at Ian Fitz ESPN no matter what you think of Alabama football Nick Saban is still the boss of college football I know Kirby Smart in Georgia they're number one but the biggest star still in college football is that dude coaching Alabama a preseason top four team and not a lot of people are talking about them because it's been all about Georgia and everybody else well he has a three-headed monster at the starting quarterback position, people are wondering who is going to win the job. Nick Saban had this advice to them and to his quarterbacks when it comes to that job. What I tell the quarterbacks is it's not up to the coaches. You're looking over your shoulder to see if the coach is going to do this or that. How about you forcing me to play? Forcing me to play you. Force us to play you. When you get your reps and you get a chance to play, you play so good, we, we don't have any choice but to play you rather than worrying about all this other stuff. I love that. That is that is an old school. You know what? Force me to not have to take you off the field. Or force me to take your sorry butt off the field, one mm-hmm. way or the other. But when you right. get your opportunity, take it and run with it. That's an old school attitude and I love the answer to the question of, you know, how do you what what do you tell your quarterbacks about this competition? That's just not a quarterback by the way, at places like Alabama or Georgia or yeah. Clemson. Where a down year for Clemson is ten wins. They, you know, they've won. Ten, mm-hmm. They've had ten win seasons for twelve consecutive years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, you know, I, that is oh, yeah. that's remarkable. And at places like that, that's where competition fuels the soul. But that message delivered not only behind the scenes but through the media yeah. from Nick Saban as well. It rings clear and true to anybody on that roster, not just Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer coming over with Tommy Reese, or Jalen Milrow, who filled in for Bryce Young when he hurt his shoulder against Arkansas last year. It, it, that's a message to the, the, the entire squad. But I love the fact that he's like, 
make me either have to take you off the field or make us have to keep you on the field because you've excelled and been that good. Yeah, I know we're in transfer portal NIL times. When it comes to modern times and big-time college athletics, or really any college athletics, people hitting the transfer portal from Division three and junior colleges just to go somewhere else. But Nick Saban let it be known with these four words, and I'm going to not paraphrase them. Success trains, failure complains. He's tired of it. He's tired about hearing about guys that if things aren't working out for you, that you're ready to go somewhere else or you're ready to transfer. You like to say this, what's wrong with staying and competing? He's sick and tired of it. He knows that it goes on in college football. He knows it goes on in college basketball that the minute that things aren't going your way, you want to find the easiest exit strategy to go somewhere else, have the easiest road to be a starting player. This is a way of saying, look, I'm going to play the best guy because success trains and failure complains. Yep. And he's tired of it. A buddy of mine is a Division One basketball coach in the Northeast Conference at St. Francis, Pennsylvania, Rob Krimmel, one of the best guys I know. He had a mass exodus of players leave his program. And he said, you know what? I'm tired of that as well. But I'm not going to sit here and wild win it. I'm going to get different players that want to be here, that are going to commit to be here. You may not be the most talented guy, but you're committed to St. Francis basketball, then that's what I want. He's tired of it too. Nick Saban's like, I've had enough of this. I'm, not, I'm tired of hearing about guys mumbling, having a moose face, because things aren't going your well. Nick Saban knows his way works, even in these modern times. So success, it trains. Failure complains. And he's tired of guys failing and complaining about it when guys who are successful are training themselves to be successful. That's the way of saying that if you win this job, you have won this job. If you don't want to be here, then take you behind and go somewhere else and complain somewhere else because I'm tired of it when it comes to Alabama football. And to your point on that very thing, Freddie, look at Jalen Milrow. When, when Buckner comes over from Notre Dame as a transfer porter guy with his offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, former Notre Dame quarterback also, Milrow could have hit the transfer portal, saying, you know what, this guy already has a leg up with our new offensive coordinator. I'm going to go seek life elsewhere. And Milrow is the fastest player on Alabama's squad he can as run. a quarterback, and yeah. he is a big, big dude. I had him against Arkansas uh, when, when Bryce got hurt, and he, that is an imposing, imposing man at the quarterback <laughs> position. He's just got to get more touch in his game, you know, as far as, as far as throwing the football goes. But he could have left. Instead, he did what Mac Jones did. He's stuck, stayed, and is competing. And that just makes you better. Competition makes you better, and that's, what, and that's also what Saban's talking yeah, about. Yeah, competition's always done that. I, I just don't get it that everybody wants the easiest road. I want things to be that's simple, easy, too. That's why I love how Bill too. Rose stayed, right? Absolutely. He didn't take the easy road. Yeah, because he knows he's a play. If he's not starting, he could be a play away from playing. Yep. He really could be. And, and you complain if you're complaining about not playing, hey, maybe you're not good enough. Or if you're complaining about playing. Maybe you should go well, to eight Murphy different in schools. Texas, to your point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, he had a lot of schools trying to wow him with NIL money in the portal. Malik Murphy stayed at Texas and is competing with Quinn Ewers and mm, Archman. Yeah, and may the best man win. It's okay yep. if you're not good at everything. Try it, though. At least compete and be a part of it and stop complaining when things don't go your way. Maybe you weren't good enough to begin with when it comes to that. Ian Fitzsimmons, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on Freddie Fitzsimmons in the morning. So who said that the Giants are closer to the Cowboys than the Cowboys and to the Philadelphia Eagles? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. More next.